in three, two, one. Welcome back, everybody. Oh, my mouth isn't moving. To another episode. Oh, there you are. Of Saved. Saved. I see on the headset. I am your co-host, Rick. And I am one of your other co-hosts, Jones. We're going to do what we do maybe best, maybe second best. I don't know. Definitely up there. Which is talk about futuristic news. Um, there's probably not anyone better than us. Yeah, at this realistically. Stuff, but, but who knows? Um, but yeah, we got stories in Web3 and VR today and some AR. A little bit of, Ooh, little nice. bit of everything. Taking a break from the, the AI wars, unless you have a story I don't know about. I mean, maybe some little tidbits that we can talk about in a sec. Okay, end, okay. I, I'm happy to talk about it more, so. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, all right, do you want to kick things off? Do you want me to kick things off? What are you, uh, how are you feeling? I don't know, dude. All right, let me, let me rip it. Let me rip it. I'll get mine out of the way. So I am coming to you all live from ETH Denver today. I'm always actually coming to you live from Denver, but today is different because it's ETH Denver, which is one of the biggest crypto conferences that exists in the Web3 space. And it's exciting. I'm not going to lie to you. You know, it's kind of bear market vibes a little bit in the overall space, but you would not get that from this. I was I went there last year and the venue this year is probably 30 times the size. It's enormous. And you got so many companies innovating, so many different booths. The energy is high, it's electric, so many different builders. It it's just exciting. I have not been in that energy in a in a sec and it's just very cool to see so many builders gathering together in this build season. No one's talking about the bear market vibes. Everyone's just building for the future, building the future they want to see. And it's exciting. I wasn't really sure what to expect, but makes me more and more bullish on where we're headed as a space, all these smart minds gathering together. So don't really have anything specific news-wise other than that. It's just got me excited yep. about the future of Web3 and all these people coming together, feeling optimistic about the future. Well, I guess let me ask you, what what have you seen there? Are there any specific companies or technologies that have been displayed there? Yeah, like, great question. There... So one of the one of the I guess most prevalent innovations people are talking about right now is zk zero knowledge proofs. I don't know if you're familiar with that. In Not a, at all. Right, okay. I also no. technically am not very good at this, but basically, I mean, there's zero knowledge proofs and then there's also the ZK rollups, which you know how we're talking about layer twos a lot? Yeah. Um, so basically ZK is another way to process rollups that I think is more efficient. There's better privacy. Um, honestly, not totally sure exactly the value, but that is one of the main things going on right now is a bunch of ZK stuff. And then just in general, there's just, so many people building so many things you walk through this venue it's enormous and there's just a million booths of people giving you know cool talks also i listened to a talk recently about metamask and their uh implementation to the unity sdk which seemed pretty cool i know oh I nice know I, I sent you that tweet i haven't really looked too much into it but that seems like a great path forward into the gaming space so um i think overall people are just excited about i'd say overall I think there's a lot of excitement about the Ethereum ecosystem, about the layer twos popping up, about all the stuff you can do there. I mean, granted, it's ETH Denver, so <laughs> there's a lot of Ethereum stuff going on here, but that seems to be some of the consensus is that there's you know a lot of cool stuff happening in the Ethereum ecosystem. So it sounds like Deep Winter is still alive and well. People are pumped and yeah, building. 
alive and well and i've been volunteering too so i've i've been there's a whole kind of hackathon thing going on so i've been kind of monitoring that all week and just a ton of people building stuff just very op- like i said just super optimistic builders building for the future not worried about price of anything or whatever so it's just good stuff but yeah i mean i guess again not too many specifics other than overall it's got me feeling you know hyped continued hype about the web3 stuff well so one of your predictions beginning of the year is that this year would still be a build year for the rest of the year Mm -hmm. do you think 2024 is a rebound year do you think it's a slow rebound or like another gold dash like gold rush it's a great question i so it's kind of like this is my first bear cycle it's kind of interesting talking with some of the people who have been in multiple of these cycles because i you said this before too about how it seems like there's always one catalyst that starts off the next bull and so you had like DeFi summer with a bunch of icos and then you had the nft boom all that stuff and you have people building here and so i know we talked about this before about what will be the catalyst for the next bull run and my answer to that was kind of just the fact that you have a lot of these web 2 brands kind of silently using this in the back end mm-hmm. and it does kind of feel like that but i guess one thing that's interesting is that if it's if they're silently using these things as you know their database architecture or whatever does that trigger the same amount of hype as the pictures of monkey jpegs or of the you know shit coins that go up crazy value yeah <laughs> or is it well, now that... because it's too fundamental it almost the hype you don't get the same hype cycle i don't know it will be interesting i feel like ideally you avoid the hype cycles of the prior bowl runs and you mm. just rather than have a hype cycle you just have people adopt it yeah like just adoption numbers is far more important than like news headlines i feel like so if you have spotify and amazon building out and then maybe next run you don't drive up board eight prices to like a million dollars but like <laughs> you suddenly have a substantial normie population like myself actually using it mm-hmm. i feel like that would probably be better for things in the long run anyways. yeah totally and i guess maybe it would also maybe you wouldn't have such sky high prices but you would also not have so much volatility and it might attract more risk averse people to the space because yeah, things are totally. starting to level out a little bit more yeah that seems like the one other thing that the crypto space has i don't know if it needs it but the volatility component just it makes it i don't know it's stressful i feel like you always got to be on top of things yeah you basically it's a deterrent either... definitely for a lot of people unless you're like really in it feels mm-hmm. like you got to be all in or you got to be all out yeah and and yeah almost two ways to be all in one is basically monitoring it every day as like an active trader or two you just put it in and you completely forget about it because you believe in the long-term fundamentals and then you don't ever even look at any of the prices or anything and I'm, i've kind of started yeah. to be in that second camp but when i first started i was i mean i wasn't even trading but i was more in that like looking at price every day and it is it's mentally draining for sure yeah i i don't have really anything invested in the space but like a while ago that first bull run i got caught like everyone at my office was like oh did you get yeah crypto or eth and i was like okay fine i'll put a hundred dollars into it yeah and it was just a hundred dollars but it, it was like 20 times a day i was checking the price mm-hmm. and eventually i was like okay you know what f it i'm selling i can't yeah. do this i know it's so funny and all those apps send you notifications every day about like, like i know it's hour. like oh it went up like 500 <laughs> percent. oh now it's down another 500 it's like what the yeah i know fuck? you had to turn those off asap but yeah, yeah so 
you kind of got to just put it in high conviction, not look at it all. And, and it seems like that's what I think that's what excites me about all these people at this space is like no one's talking about I have I I'm volunteering, so I've had a ton of conversations. Not a single one has been about the price, which is super cool. It's all about just the tech and what people are building and stuff like that, which I definitely really appreciated. Yeah. I mean, I feel like ideally the price isn't really what matters. It's like the actual yeah, the underlying I don't know. Is 100%. I mean, obviously you want to make money from it, but yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, sense. so that's I mean, that that's that that one and it can be kind of a relatively quick one cuz I'm um <laughs> I'm struggling a little bit making it through this whole conference, but so yeah, exciting stuff. The the hype is is keeping me going throughout this conference. So, but what what you said there's some exciting VR stuff going on? Yeah, there's a lot coming out of Meta. They have I mean, obviously we've talked a lot about the volatility of meta over the last year Mm -hmm. um and so they kind of released an internal roadmap presentation for the whole company um just on what's next and there's a lot of changes internally there's canceled headsets there's new headsets there's strategy shifts there's there's a lot so I'll, i'll try and get some of the like most important things for starters they're gearing up for the Quest 3. I'm okay. definitely going to be wrong on my prediction. It's probably coming out this year. Um, but it's looking to be more expensive than the Quest 2. Hmm. But as a caveat to that, they now are planning a cheaper headset for next year. Which is interesting because the Quest was supposed to be a consumer-friendly one. But I think once you get up to the four or $500 range, it gets a little tougher to justify. Yeah. So they're going to release one that maybe doesn't have controllers so they can cut down on costs, maybe is a little bit less powerful. Okay. But And will it still more be part of the Quest friendly. line or a brand new product? Yeah. I'm, if I had to guess, it would be like a Quest Lite. Okay. And there's been rumors that they were considering selling a version without controllers to make it cheaper so that you just use hand tracking. Mm-hmm. My prediction would be that they do that and also kind of like cheap out on the specs of it a tiny bit Mm -hmm. and get it down to the 250 300 range which is what the quest originally started out yeah um that's probably a good move just to get people in because i I mean as long as it's it's not the worst (laughs) it's kind of like the average consumer probably doesn't care too much about you know the 360 view or like all those higher level specs that you could yeah, maybe get to totally. if you become an enthusiast because you've been onboarded through a, a cheaper version yeah i mean they've released some of their reasoning too and it's the latest batch of christmas sales they always have a huge christmas boom mm-hmm. and they had another big one this past christmas but they noticed that retention is significantly lower with the newest generation of buyers hmm. so they're trying to focus the Quest 3 on software and retention. Um, so one of the things they talked about that I thought was interesting was they're going really hard on the mixed reality component. Okay. And they're going to have a bunch of features. Like you can place anchors within your home and you can much more seamlessly switch between mixed reality and virtual reality so that if you're playing a game and you're like, I got to run to the bathroom, you just walk out of your play space and it'll show you where in the house you need to go you it'll switch to mixed reality so you can see where you're going basically like you don't need to take the headset on and off and on and off oh interesting um, which is going to be a nice feature yeah um i also so many of the studios they bought have been kind of in build mode since they bought them people Mm -hmm. have been expecting games for a while i think at this point 
they're not coming for the Quest 2. I think they're going to have a big slew of announcements of new games for the Quest 3, would be my guess. If they gotcha. don't, that's an issue. But they've bought too many studios to not have that sort of uptake. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but then... Uh, do you have a question? Well, I was just going to say the retention thing's really interesting. Is the because that's basically all comes down to software on it, right? Just if they have a, a, a killer application or not, or kind of. I mean, it's software and it's hard. Like I don't know, these things aren't that comfortable. They're more mm-hmm. comfortable than older headsets, but they're still. But yeah, I, I guess the difference between the prior generation and this generation might be that the software is a little older. It's more played out. They've seen a million videos. I've also personally noticed the operating system has gotten worse over the last year. Really? And I've seen other people echo mm-hmm. that where it's it's buggier, it, it takes longer to find your controllers, it takes a while to boot up. I've had plenty of issues with mine, so it's glitched basically know. every time I've tried to boot my thing up. Yeah. I I think it's a pretty common experience and it feels like that didn't used to be as significant as of an issue for me and for other people do you think it's a thing like how you hear with the apple products where they're almost made to deteriorate over time so that you buy a new one with i mean i'm sure that's true that's kind of true of like most hardware these days is especially with the battery the battery life mm, gets yeah. significantly worse and worse over time like mm-hmm. i'm sure i haven't really tested my headset's battery but i'm sure it's like I've lost a solid hour of playtime when it's not hooked up to something. Yeah. Um, so that could be it. But it, it seems to be people are noticing like they update and they add all these new features, but then all of a sudden it's like buggier and slower and it could just be a software quality issue. That the retention thing is so fix. interesting. Just after building a product that I'm building right now and trying to think of trying not to just throw a ton of features on hoping that one works but like trying to find that core one and to your point that you talked about in a very early episode about how me and your other friend who you'd got on thought it was cool and then threw it in the closet and never used it again and so it really is what is it going to take we've talked about this in future episodes but that must be a wild division to try to be thinking about that retention metric yeah I think they're it seems like from these leaks they're really focused on that because they a few of the other changes I was going to talk about was they jacked up the price of the quest and then just recently they undid that because they're not selling enough so they're bringing prices down they dropped the price of the quest pro which got not great reviews and I'm guessing sold very well or Mm -hmm. very poorly sorry Um, they dropped the price of it and they cancelled internally their plans for the quest pro too so they're really just focusing now on like making it as consumer friendly as possible and i think it's a good sign that they're really honing in on mixed reality features to make it more comfortable more seamless because i think that's one of the biggest issues when i put on the headset you wait for like things to boot up Mm -hmm. and then you wait for it to you have to set up the guardian almost every time or the guardian's kind of buggy and slow uh it's just annoying and as someone who's like a VR enthusiast, I would use it a lot more if it, there wasn't so much friction to it. But like there just there. is. Yeah, exactly. The It's just all these little things that I think they can fix fairly easily. I think 
they also need to focus focus on that because the apple headset's coming out and if there's one thing i would trust apple to do it would be to make it like the most effortless thing possible outside of maybe the comfort of it which is inevitably going to be a little bit of a nuisance with the headsets these days Mm -hmm. but i feel like apple's going to be very focused on like mixed reality comfort ease of use features that Meta's going to want to keep up with that when the Quest 3 drops yeah, and then the Apple headset drops. to check out the Apple one and just catch that. Have you ever been to a VR conference or anything like that? Uh, I haven't. There's there's some stuff. It Sometimes it's kind of tied in with the gaming industry and then gotcha. there's a few like very business oriented ones. There's kind of like a business networking group for virtual reality and augmented reality that hosts conferences where like big name companies will go and talk about how they used it in their training or in a medical procedure or like all this stuff it's definitely less focused on like the gaming creative side and more on like the b2b training Mm -hmm. more like industrial use cases okay but it's interesting yeah it is interesting and on that note question i was just thinking for horizon worlds is the only way you can access it through a quest or can you do PC? Uh, oh, so yes, you can only access it through a PC, but they're apparently working on a phone or app. A quest, and you mean? Oh, sorry. Yeah, only Quest accessible right now, but apparently by mid-year they should have a phone app and a something you can play on your laptop or PC. Gotcha. Because that I think is really interesting about the Horizon Worlds, which I kind of don't think about as much, but if it is only accessible through quest and sitting here in this is kind of annoying to be doing that that's and just price prohibitive also yeah yeah i'm gonna be interested to see what the numbers look like for horizon worlds when the mobile app comes out because mm-hmm. obviously games like roblox are just smash hits like yeah, hundreds of millions of users and obviously the market is so much smaller in vr that like horizon worlds can't have that big of a even if it was successful the the number of users wouldn't be that large Mm -hmm. so i think it'll be really telling if they drop a phone app and it still stinks and no one downloads it but for now it's kind of tough to tell because it's like it's only available on the quest and there are better options already there's like rec room and yeah chat that's where it gets kind of because I mean, with the Quest and Horizon Worlds, it is kind of, it's somewhat of a differentiator, like somewhat unique. I mean, there is VR chat, but still, there's not as much competition. I feel like that's really heavily adopted. So Meta has the opportunity to like onboard normies into the space. But for a computer and phone game, I mean, they're essentially they would basically be directly competing against Roblox, against Minecraft, yep. right? So also, Roblox is apparently coming out for the Quest soon quest 3 is the expectation so that will be that's really interesting that feels like one of the best potentials for onboarding that i've heard so far yeah i i'm sure meta i mean obviously horizons is kind of a competitor to roblox but if i'm meta i want roblox on my platform just to get the number of people on the platform way up because that's going to sell that's going to massively move headsets yeah it feels like it's a rise for for like kids too the more kids you get in the ecosystem the more 
adults 20 years from now who will be VR users that... 100%. I don't know. Yeah, rising seems... tide lifts all ships. Is that the... Yeah, if you get more people in the headset, then for headset native apps, it will be... That's yep. huge. Roblox on the headset. Wow. It's not officially confirmed, but they've been like hinting at it for a while, and there's been leaks. So Very interesting. It's fairly confident. Got you. Um, but yeah, so like kind of good news, bad news. Like Clearly things aren't going well for Meta, but I kind of like some of the things that they talked about here so i think it's it the outlook isn't it's not all bad mm -hmm. yeah i mean focusing on more consumer friendly that seems to be what they should do the, I also guess way more ads which that's a negative but whatever yeah <laughs> I the guess quote we'll was something like deliver on it there oh okay one more announcement because they're talking about ar they're working on ar glasses they're aiming for 2027 yeah gotcha they're aiming for 2027 for full ar glasses which and i think seems still too soon yeah because i remember we'll see about Apple. i mean i said late 2020s but like i don't know it's just that's weirdly that's only four years away i know and the technology <laughs> still sick. just isn't that close to being consumer ready so mm -hmm. i'm skeptical yeah, we should But see. they talked about they're excited about that for their ads business because they can show ads in 3D space. And I'm like, oh, like, yeah, I'm sure that is cool for them. But just the thought <laughs> of them plastering ads all yeah. over, like, the home world and everything. Oh, my gosh. That's fairly, a little sad. For it, yeah, fairly dystopian for sure. Got you. Um, cool, cool, cool. Well, I guess my only AI thing is a smaller thing, but it looks like ChatGPT just launched their API, which is pretty huge because oh i saw that yeah because i was using the api of the gpt3 which they had on OpenAI, but the chat gpt one is miles ahead they're calling it basically like gpt 3.5 so the fact that that api now is live is huge and i think this may be wrong because i only skimmed over the article but that it's potentially cheaper than the existing api was so you're gonna see this shit everywhere it's yeah really i saw that it was like surprisingly cheap which is i'm just so excited to see what people do with it yeah I think it was on its own it's very cool but like people like, are going to come up with cool ways it was like 750 it. words for 0.001 of a dollar or something which is insane it's a lot yeah it's so it's so tough to tell with those prices because yeah. the way they scale is just insane i've been yeah. doing some like cloud development stuff with amazon web services and it's like all the pricing is like 0. 0.00001 penny per this amount of data this length of time running a program and it's like that scales to be way more expensive than you think but yeah. i have heard that chat gpt is like very fairly priced mm -hmm. like not expensive i know dude it's gonna be wild seeing all these things pop up i mean they already are but the fact that now you can have chat yeah. gpt integration is insane and then it's it's I'm very interested to see the next generation of AI companies and what sets them apart. Like, is it going to be, mm -hmm. what's their moat going to be? Is it just going to be their marketing, branding community? Is it going to be that the AI is just kind of a, a side enabler for the core product? What is it going to be? Because you're going to see so many of these competing things because you could literally just make a front end, integrate ChatGPT, and make a product for literally anything. <laughs> like that's yeah. Kind of, like yeah a, i've had a tough time visualizing what sort of ai companies will pop up too it's just well so i saw how central one. will it be versus like is it a little helper thing because it still has like 
reliability issues to an extent. So it's like, how deeply can you make your product tied to it? So, okay, I saw an yeah. interesting one recently. It was on Twitter and it was a, it was from a YC person that was a recent YC. I think it was this winter. Mm -hmm. And they were building an AI nutritionist. So someone you can ask questions for, they learn your diet, etc. But I was mm -hmm. honestly just surprised that that was a YC thing because it seems like you as a developer could whip that up in like a weekend and it would basically be the same application unless they have some fine tuning they're doing on the model that I don't know about. It just seems the barrier to entry to make these things is so low now that, yeah, but I maybe, maybe their differentiator is their marketing, their branding, maybe their first to market, something like that. I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, when these things pop up, even the most elite venture firms, throw money at a lot of yeah. ideas that seem just stupid but like they don't they got the money they don't give a shit totally They'll just throw it at whatever exciting new ai company and they just need one of them to pop off yeah but you know maybe maybe to the nutritionist person's credit it could be way more complicated than we yeah realize i'm sure there has to be i don't know i feel like it would be more complicated just in that you can't just like have the website be something where you ask questions to chat gpt it has to be like i don't know how you hone in on only nutrition related things and have the answers be well i guess that's an interesting maybe, thing to me i i need to do more research on it but if you use chat it it feels like you could use chat gpt right now on the chat gpt website as a nutritionist yeah i wonder if though because I mean, OpenAI themselves are putting constraints on ChatGPT, so maybe part of the API is you can really, really cut down on the amount of content that it can do and have it solely be focused on something where you fine-tune it. Oh, that that's interesting. kind of makes sense to me. Yeah, and so if you tried to ask it a different question, it would actually be way worse than ChatGPT, but its, it's yeah. specialty is the thing. Yeah, or maybe like they, you don't even get to ask it questions. You just like input your daily routine and mm -hmm. calories and food you eat and then it comes up with a i don't know yeah it seems like speculating tuning but, thing is huge and i also heard something that i'm pretty sure open ai is just helping with all of this i'm pretty sure on their website now it, it's easier to even fine-tune things and that you can just it's kind of helping you it's just helping move innovation along which is yeah when i worked on that true. thing with you their api was so simple yeah. to use it was crazy exactly. i was shocked because I, I was like ai is just so complicated that I kind of avoided it in my degree just because it's it's so like math heavy and everything and I didn't have a background in like the really intense stuff but they made it they completely abstracted all that stuff away yeah. so like really simple developers can just hop in there and make something totally and to put it in concrete terms for anyone listening I as a person who's not that technical and building a no code I have been unsuccessful at any API I've tried I've tried like Zapier uh, Twilio, all the stuff I've needed external help. The only one I've been able to figure out is the OpenAI one, <laughs> which like you think that's would crazy. be the most confusing, but it's yeah, so easy. Yeah, totally it would think that's the worst minutes. one. So wow. cool. Damn, I mean, but that's not them. anything in depth. Like I'm not fine tuning the model. I'm not doing anything like that, but just integrating with the- Yeah, but I, when easy. I worked on that thing with you, the fine tuning was not difficult. Yeah, and I'm not like, that's I, totally I think it helped that I was a programmer, but like, I, I'm not that good of a programmer. It's very <laughs> yeah. easy. It's so cool how accessible it is. It's very exciting. Yeah. Yeah, they did a good job with that. Yeah. yeah. Anything else you got? Or, I mean, should we just call it a, a quick ep episode? I might get some rest before Fun. I have to hit back to the conference stuff. You got something else? 
fun. Yeah, I have a fun quick tidbit that doesn't really require much discussion. But to follow up on the Echo VR drama with oh, Meta, yeah. the Echo community banded together, raised $3,000, and flew a plane over Meta headquarters that said Save Echo VR, which I thought was funny. <laughs> that like is carrying funny. one of those banners behind it. I thought that was sweet. But that is funny. Did that, I can't imagine that did anything. Did I it? Yeah. do not think that did. I think their decision's pretty final. Bosworth is merciless in his execution. Yeah. He will not he will not be swayed by their tears. Hey, worth a shot of I mean I I yeah, I don't know. Just a testament to how intense this community is, which is another like jeez, like why are you Yeah. This is just gonna create so much bad blood, but True. I guess whatever. That is wild, that is wild. Well, the saga continues. The saga continues and Next week I'll have more actual deets, most likely as well. So we'll see that. What the hell's happening with my hands right now? Can you yeah, see your hands like going like... through your head right now. <laughs> and that's the operating system for you. There you go. Alrighty, good sesh. Good Fix sesh. it, Meta. Yeah, Meta, please. All right, cool. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in. Uh, great sesh. Great, great show. Sesh. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Peace. Peace.